Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's JG here doing my best Robert Brown impersonation. Uh, this is the Primetime Titans Dolphins preview episode. Um, it's just JG and Pettit. Uh, it's just the two of us. We uh, we decided to give Robert a little time off. Now we're joking. He just he couldn't couldn't make it. Uh, we hope you were able to listen to his episode with Will Walker, the crossover Grizzed In podcast episode. That was really fun. Robert and Will talk a little bit about the 49ers. Uh, but this episode, Pettit and I actually talk about the 49ers as well. We give our thoughts, but we also get into the Dolphins game. We talk about who we think on their, you know, the Dolphins offense, who we're going to be worried about, how we're going to handle their offense. We also talk about the Dolphins defense and how we think our offense matches up with them. Um, you know, we talk about, we give a little update on the snake draft, uh, that we each pick teams and waited to see which games we would win. We might have a winner. Uh, so tune in and listen. It's a lot of fun and, uh, it's all things Titans. So we hope you enjoy. And without further ado, here is Maverick city. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around a bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison and time keeps dragging on The Primetime Titans podcast is presented to you today by Walker Financial Management. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL and the engine of the Titans offense, but he would be the first to tell you that it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the field. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear a lot of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by visiting www.walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. That's www.walkerfm.com. All right, here we go. Primetime Titans. This is the uh, post-Niners game slash before Dolphins game episode. This is JG. I'm Pat. And there he is. He hadn't been on in a couple weeks. Robert's been working really hard. We figured, you know, he's been grinding. He's been getting after it. We're going to give him a break. So now it's just it's just me and Pettit. I'm back, baby. He's it's back. only been one week, but... Uh, Merry Christmas and uh, coming up, Happy New Year. This is... We're recording Wednesday morning. Uh, it's the 29th. Um, you want to... Ha- first off, how's your holidays? But also give me a little... What You got anything on your mind since you've been gone? Yeah, the, ho- the holidays were great. Um, I did have a little bit on my mind. Okay. I went to the 49ers game. Okay. Also, the big thing that's been looming hard... Is Jeffrey Simmons getting snubbed in the Pro Bowl? I figured biggest. I'd say that. top three biggest snubs of the year. Him and Austin Eckler history? and Josh Allen probably. I'd say them three are the biggest snubs. History? Oh no, probably not history. <laughs> but 
I can't go that far back. Jeffrey Simmons, I read this article. Wait, Josh Allen didn't make the Pro Bowl? Mm-mm. Lamar Jackson made it over him. Dude, what? I know. Oh and Austin Eckler has been fantastic, too. Yeah. He's not only should have made the Pro Bowl, he's like a top running back in the league. So That's ridiculous. Jeffrey Simmons, basically, everyone has been talking. I saw multiple articles that were like, he's probably the biggest snub of the year. And he, everyone's like, he's the best interior defensive lineman besides Aaron Donald. Yeah. Yes. I mean, there was, everyone was like, he causes the most impact. Coaches have to game plan around him. He's a monster. It has to, it, the Pro Bowl, it has to be, it's just fan vote. Like, I just, there's gotta be. It it is. Like you saw on, did you see on Twitter throughout Pro Bowl voting? Yeah, but isn't it a third something and it, isn't it a third fans, third players, third coaches? Oh, I, I didn't know that, but, I mean, I guess the fan vote could be that big. Like, I'm thinking... Yeah, maybe it's larger. About, honestly, this is kind of what I was thinking about. Someone like Pat McAfee, who is yeah. a Colts fan. DeForest Buckner made the Pro Bowl as one of the linemen. Yeah, everyone was saying wouldn't you Jeffrey think, Simmons should have easily made it over Buckner. Wouldn't you think that maybe Pat McAfee kind of spurred that on? He might have a lot of Colts listeners. Yeah, I mean, the Colts got seven Pro Bowlers. They led the league in Pro Bowlers. And don't get me wrong, the Colts are good, but seven Pro Bowlers? I'm I'm sick of the Colts' love. I'm sick of it. And I think Titans fans, you can agree. I can't stand it. Frank Reich being considered for coach of the year, I get that he's doing a good job and they started off what, like two and six or two and five or something. Who knows? And they've come back and oh, they look so good, blah blah blah. You're not even gonna win your division. <laughs> I did, sorry, we did, don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into that. Um, Jeffrey Simmons being snubbed of a Pro Bowl. I would Tragic. say that is worth the hours that you've spent, that you've lost sleep over. I I've lost a lost lot of sleep. sleep. I know you have. I know. I'm so tired right now. I'd say it's I'm worth so tired. it. <laughs> I'd say it's worth it. Um, well, Pettit, it's great to have you back. Um, it's also great to be back. I hope that you all enjoyed that little crossover episode that we had with Grizzden Podcast with Robert and Will Walker. Um, If you haven't already, go check that out. Um, Also, every now and then you want to get into NBA, check out the Grizzlies. Get into the Grizzden Pod. They're they're incredible. They're great. Um, So, yeah, so it's uh, it's great to be back. Uh, But with that, a little bit of sad news in the NFL world. Um, We want to just give a little tribute to John Madden. Passed away yesterday at 85. I it was weird because they they came out with that Fox documentary. Yeah, over the weekend, like on Christmas. Yeah, and I was thinking to myself, I remember seeing the commercials, um, and I feel like he was he was starting to look in a little bit of rough shape. Like you could, yeah, you could tell he was older. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, man, what would happen? When he passes away, like you think about, you know, when Kobe Bryant passed away uh, recently with Demarius Thomas, when you think of big time, like big time celebrities or just, you know, names in the sports world, it's it's just it's uh, always a little it's always weird when one passes away and someone like John Madden. I mean, literally anyone who knows football has to know who John Madden is. I don't even think you have to know football. I mean, he has his own no, video game. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. Like, 
the fact that he has played into being a coach, broadcasting, and being the face of you know the NFL sports video games, I guess, and the NFL. I mean, yeah, it's oh not even gosh. called NFL like two K. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's called Madden. It is Madden. And um, the best players when you're playing somebody's like all Madden. Like yeah, there's just. He was a legend. He's a sports icon, and he uh, was the best broadcaster. I mean, I remember growing up, and he was all him and Al Michaels together was like, yeah, that's what you wanted to listen to. And even before that, uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden, that was always um, an incredible duo. So, and it's funny because we, I I would agree that I think of John Madden with Al Michaels, like our our age, Um, but even before us, Pat Summerall was. Pat Summerall and John Madden was probably even better than Al Michaels and John Madden. So, man, rest in peace to an NFL legend. Um, he really, I mean, he really was, he was awesome. And there was uh, there was some I saw that for next year's Madden game, they should have him on the cover. Yeah. It's like already. That's a good idea. Know. Plus, there's, not, there's no player this year that really stands out enough to take the Madden cover. Yeah. Well, Derrick Henry before he yeah. got hurt. All right. <laughs> Which, speaking uh, of, we're on Derrick Henry watch. We are Robert on. Robert would be proud right now because we are arguably a week out from Derrick Henry being back. All the rumors right now are that he's coming back week 18 to knock some rust off. So it's been eight weeks, right? I think it's been eight weeks. It was eight weeks yesterday. Yeah. I think that was the number. But And when the, when the... Injury, like when the original injury was announced and uh, the surgery was going to happen, they said six to ten weeks. So, I mean, we're, we're right in that range. Mm-hmm. And there, there was a rumor that came out that maybe he would even, like you said, you know, play off the rust next week and get ready for the playoffs, which would be incredible. I, all I know is... I think we'd have to fly to Houston. <laughs> Do we have to go to Houston? I don't, I don't know. That's a good uh, proposition, I guess. Um, I know for Rams fans, Cam Akers was like designated to return from IR, um, and people were freaking out. He tore his Achilles mm-hmm. in training camp, and he's already maybe coming back. Um, I just know that the Rams fans seeing that went absolutely crazy, and everyone in the NFL almost – was just like shocked that he was coming back and everything. I can just imagine what it's going to be like when we first see Derrick Henry designated to return from IR. I don't. It gives me chills thinking about I it would, right now. I'd probably ru- run through a brick wall. I'd run through your brick wall. <laughs> this house is going down. <laughs> I wouldn't let you do that. I wouldn't. Wouldn't maybe, stop me. Maybe my neighbor Kate's <laughs> brick wall, but not mine. Um, okay, well, let's uh, pet it. Let's get into a little 49ers game. We know that Robert has kind of already covered um, talking about some of it, but I want to get some of your thoughts and I want to give in some input as well. Um, we won 20 to 17, big time win. Did it like. Did that win save your thoughts on the Titans? Like, did it completely change the Steelers after the Steelers game and then after the – I feel like 
you had to like a big yeah. time flip. Yeah. So I, I actually had a really cool opportunity uh, last week to sit in a box for the game. Not only just the box, which I mean, I've never sat in a box for a sporting event. Not only did I get to sit in the box, it was Taylor Lewan's box. Whoa. So that was pretty cool. Um, he kind of had up all of his photos up on the wall, him and his daughter and his wife, and we had free drinks and stuff in there. It was a really cool experience. The first half was rough. I mean. So bad. No sign of life from the offense. But that second half, that was probably, I mean, again, to what Robert's been preaching all year, throw the ball to A.J. Brown. What did A.J. have? 13, 14 targets? Yeah. I think Maybe career high in targets. And you know what happened? He has 145 yards and a touchdown. And he looks like the best player in the game. So I think that showed so much. And Tannehill looked so much better when he's thrown to A.J. Brown. There's so many things that started clicking with A.J. Brown playing that well and Tannehill knowing that he can just throw the ball to him. He has was, 16 targets. 16. Wow. That's amazing. That is. He caught 11 of them. Yeah. He had one pretty bad drop, but um, again, yeah, I think that was probably offensively our best half since Derrick Henry's been out, and I don't know if it's even close. And so I think that just offensively, yeah, that momentum going into Week 17 and knowing Derrick Henry's coming back is so exciting. It shows that we are not out of it. And it shows that we can beat a team like the Dolphins with our offense instead of just our defense and the Texans. Which is what we were starting to get concerned that we were literally just going to win games with our defense. I think everybody else, even national media, has been waiting for it. I saw Good Morning Football. They all talked about who's the scariest team in the AFC besides the Chiefs. And I think two of them were like the Titans. They're like, they've been steadily winning without A.J. Brown, without Julio, Mm -hmm. without Derrick Henry. They're like, whether we like it or not, they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. And they're like, we don't like it because they're so boring and nobody really cares about them. Yeah. They, like it, they are boring, but they are good, and they're only going to get better. And I'm like, that is exciting. It's so exciting. It really is like the, the change from where we went to fe- like feeling after the Steelers game to um, how we feel now. Especially if the Steelers got just rocked. Oh, my gosh. If we... We should have done that to them because they didn't look any different. They didn't look any different last week compared to the week we played them. I still just, that Steelers game was just the absolute worst. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The, the Niners game, I mean, the defense, they did step up when we needed them to. It's, we, we are so much a bend don't break defense. It's insane. Like we, we kind of broke a little bit. During the game, we we let them score that comeback touchdown um, late that yep. tied it up. But I don't know. I, I just I think that it was in, extremely encouraging what we saw uh, with AJ being back because AJ was starting to like. You look at the Texans game in the rain. He kind of he still was kind of struggling. I mean, granted, it was he got hurt twice and he game. got hurt twice. It was in the rain. It was just a ugly situation. Um, but yeah, it just, it was very encouraging from what we saw from AJ Brown. Yeah. So the thing about the game though, was Jimmy Garoppolo was pretty bad. Yeah. That second pick he threw the first pick was like, 
not not ideal for if like if I was a Titans or if I was a 49ers fan and I saw that pick up like Tannehill did that I'd be like, gosh that's a bummer just basically threw it well, he was he like was, in not a good. He was almost staring at Kittle the whole time, staring to at Kittle, him. and then Jack Rabbit. But it was huge it the fact they didn't score; they didn't get any points. Yeah, it was that. huge that was for the massive. Titans. But the second pick he had was really bad. I rewatched the game, and he had time in the pocket, and he just throws. He throws it so far. Over, I don't know who the receiver was, but throws it so far over that. his head, and it didn't even have a good spiral at all. So it was all around just a terrible throw. So, it was, again, I think the 49ers, a combination of the 49ers kind of handing it to us, but having that sign of life on offense was like, we took advantage, which we had not done. Like, think about the Jags. We had four picks, and they led to, what, three points? Yeah, I think so. So, again, seeing that sign of life on the offense, we took advantage of the bad opportunities from the 49ers, and that's going to happen. That's the NFL. Quarterback's going to throw a bad interception. Tannehill does it all the time, you know what I mean? Sorry. Sorry, Tannehill. Love you, but you do do it every once in a while, and it's very annoying. You said do-do. <laughs> um, so to take advantage on offense and actually score points on it is how you win games. And we finally showed up and did that against the 49ers, and I think we're going to do it against the Dolphins. I think the basically the the point in the game that was such a huge turnaround was it was like the second pick, right? I mean, I'm well, on hookers. I, well, that, but I also think it was fourth and one. They got a penalty, so it oh, became yeah. fourth and six. They still went for it, tried to throw it to Ayuk, and it was it was bad a pass. bad throw. Didn't they just didn't convert? Probably wouldn't have led to anything, anyways. I think that's when we got the. That was the drive that we had the long throw to AJ Brown. Yeah, there was the offsides. That was the end of the quarter because I remember. We were watching. I was watching with my family, and my dad was like, "Why are we?" My dad's never a fan of rushing to get a playoff before the end of a quarter. It happened against Vanderbilt my senior year. The Vols were playing the Vanderbilt at Vandy my senior year, and Dobbs tried to get a playoff quick, and he fumbled, and it was a big time turnaround. That game was the worst. Um, so, anyways, my dad was like. Don't what, what what are we doing here? Let's why are we hurrying? Let's just slow this down. But we went for it and we got it. It was a free play, threw it deep to AJ Brown. He caught it and then um, we ended up driving down. I'm pretty sure on that drive and we scored. I think with AJ Brown. The next play was the play action where Tannehill barely again another great play by Tannehill threw it kind of in a weird across his body. Yeah, got AJ. got it to AJ first and down then the next and then play, the next play touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. So that was huge. I mean, that little sequence to me was just massive. Um, interceptions were huge too. But Jimmy G also, um, shout out Gaines Allen. Gaines actually was the one that told me he thinks Jimmy G lost that game for the 49ers, which big time, like I, he did look, he looked not good at all. But he potentially won't be playing for a week or so he I don't know if you saw but he has like a fracture in his thumb or something yeah I think one of the times Danico Autry when he had that sack on him Garoppolo after the play was kind of favoring the thumb and I think threw him down yeah I think from then on Garoppolo maybe that got to him who knows but it looks like Trey Lance might be uh starting for the 49ers which I know 49ers fans are probably uh probably happy about after especially after the game 
that he had against the Titans, yeah. Jimmy G. I mean, he, um, yeah, he got sacked when he shouldn't have on just, a couple, held on to it, overthrew the fullback on that one play ooh, early on. Yeah. Threw a pick he in the end zone, open. threw another horrible pick. That would and have then, been a touchdown if he threw it, if yeah. it was oh, a good throw. 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Pettit, Dylan Radens. What'd you think? Yeah, I mean <laughs> you've been you've been a Dylan Radens hater. Before. I am a known hater for Dylan Radens. I think after watching the preseason game against the Bucks, he was atrocious. He got <laughs> pancaked. I mean, he wasn't even playing starters, and he was getting thrown around. So to see him come out and not be a healthy scratch. So basically, he played because our. Two of our O linemen got COVID. Yeah, well, Luan was already out with a back, and then he ended up getting COVID the day after the game, I think. But Kendall Lamb, our swing tackle, who's going to be the left tackle for the game, he got COVID the morning of yeah. the game. And then someone else got hurt, right? Oh, no, uh, it, he was then up at that point because oh. Sombrero's retired. Retired, gosh. <laughs> Could really use him. Yeah. Well, Dylan Radens went up against uh, Nick Bosa, and he, he, we thought he looked good, or not good, but he looked like he held his own at least. Yeah. And playing a guy like Nick Bosa, who was one of the best edge guys in the league, I mean, he held his own. Nick and it Bosa showed switched a little sides bit of promise. in the second half. Yeah, and the commentator said he switched sides because he just couldn't get anything going on the other side. I don't know how accurate that was. It could be, could not be. I don't know. But... We thought he looked fine. He held his own. And then the next day or two days after, it shows the PFF rankings come out. Yeah. And what? He was in like the 30s and <laughs> he 40s. Was the, he was in the 40s. He was in the 40s. I think it was like a 48. I mean, he got something. interviewed after the game. Basically, like, the like writers wanted to be like, hey, yeah. congratulations on holding your own. Like, how would you do that? <laughs> and then it comes out that he actually had an atrocious game. <laughs> I'm so curious on how that ranking came out because we thought he held his own. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it potentially, you never know. How can know. it be that bad when you only give up two sacks? Like, well, you never know. Overall with, in the whole game. You never know with PFF. They might, you know, he could have, the thing is he could have been getting beat off the edge or something, but Tannehill gets the ball off. You know, it, yeah. you never know. I don't even know if he ended up giving up. He might have given up like one sack I or something. One. But um, I don't know. So that's one of those things. We would have to like get an explanation for PFF or something. You want to? Maybe you can give him a call. I'll give him a call. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think overall it just maybe <laughs> maybe he looked good because our expectation of him was so low that he ended up exceeding that. But even exceeding that is still <laughs> in the forties of PFF. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> All I know is it, it was, I would say the word to use from his play that game was encouraging. Yeah, I mean, the bar was really low. I mean, so do we nice. see him potentially move to right tackle? I mean, I would like to hope that next year, and again, we're getting a little off topic of talking about the 49ers game, but I would love to see him really improve his game and take over Quinsonberry's spot. On okay. at right tackle because yeah. Quinsonberry, he's done. I don't see him starting no, in the NFL no after way. this year. Being he's he's a backup tackle in this league, and yeah. even that might be a stretch now. He's shown that he's not good. Yeah, I don't see him getting better I think next that's year. Fair. Yeah. So I think that's fair. I think we're gonna have to make moves and find somebody to take over that right tackle position because gotcha. T- Taylor Wan's still been a great left tackle. Yeah, 
Okay, so I think that's it for the 49ers game. Titans yep. are now, man, 10 and 5 just looks so much better than 9 and 6. Oh, so, so much, much better. better. I mean, that one that one game just makes a huge difference. And so, for the division, we currently need one win of the next two games or the Colts need one loss over the next two games. And that's Either why or. this next game is absolutely massive. And so this game we're playing against the Dolphins. The Dolphins are currently 8 and 7. And they are currently in the playoff picture. They're, After their win would, against the Saints on Monday night, if the they have started, taken over the tiebreaker over the Chargers. And the Ravens. The Ravens are out, the, too. Which I love that. I, I love that so much. I'd rather that. And the Titans would play the Dolphins. And you're telling me Lamar Jackson is a freaking pro bowler? <laughs> and he can't make the playoffs? <laughs> Tannehill could have sat out the last five games and made the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe we'd be a win better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Maybe. So we would actually play the Dolphins if playoffs started today. They're the seventh seed, we're the two seed. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. So getting into the the Dolphins game, you said they're eight and seven. They actually started off one and seven. They won their first game. They lost seven straight, and they've won seven straight. They're the first team in NFL history to have a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak. Which in I, the in the same season, the Titans had a. Owens six season and then they yeah. went six and we 0. won. I think we won more than six. We won. Uh, we so won eight with, of eight of the last ten. I actually, I actually heard Coach Mack talk about that on the radio. So yesterday. we were we we're probably the team closest to that. Yeah, probably we were maybe the, had the record. The wins might have or the loss in those eight of ten might have been like in the middle of it or something to where it wasn't that long of an you know uh, a win streak. Yeah. I guess, but. It's very impressive what the Dolphins are doing. I will give them that, but I also am going to read you. Lay down the hammer. <clears throat> I'm going to read you the quarterbacks they've played in that seven-game win streak. Tyrod Taylor. Trash. Lamar Jackson. Trash. <laughs> it's a pro bowler you're talking about. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Trash. Cam Newton. Oh, gosh. P.J. Walker. Well, Cam Newton and P.J. Walker. Even worse. Um, Mike Glennon. Ugh. Zach Wilson. Ian huh? Book. Oh, so um, those and just glancing uh, two of those quarterbacks, Titans have also lost. To. <laughs> we've we've lost to instead of instead of beat. So those are I get it. People can say that. And I, it was kind of the argument I was making as well. The quarterbacks that they've played aren't that great. But do, having a seven game win streak. Any kind of win streak. That's hard. Yeah. So I, I give it to them. They're doing they're playing well. They're doing great. And uh, it's because of their defense to me. Yeah. Their their defense I mean, that Ravens game, they would just all out blitz Lamar Jackson. And it was honestly insane to watch. Like there'd sometimes be receivers open and no one guarding them, but they've just blitzed the house and they they get to the quarterback. So that's gonna be something to look out for. But um so getting into it, I, I think for on their offensive side of the ball and how our defense is going to match up, they have, um, I would say, a, a tight end that kind of qualifies as, you know, one of the better tight ends in the NFL, Mike yeah. Kosicki. Um, and recently, Dane Crookshank has been the guy that guards the tight ends, and he's been doing a great job. George Kittle had two catches last week. 
That was huge in the game. Travis Kelsey ended up having like a, a pretty good game stats wise, but he, he wasn't really ever a difference maker in the game against mm-hmm. us. And Dane had like four or five catches though. Yeah. I think, like- I think Crookshank did a, still did a good job against him. So I think <clears throat> Crookshank's going to match up with Kasicki. So then that's going to open up. How are we going to guard Jalen Waddle? He's their rookie receiver. He's, he's like six catches away from setting the rookie receptions record. Um, the, the most receptions by a rookie in his uh, first year. Yeah. And so what do you, what do you think? What are we going to do? Are we going to double him? Or are we going to just try to just, I don't know. He's essentially their entire offense. I think recently. Yeah. I mean, Tua can throw to other players and stuff like that a little bit, but after watching that saints game, I want to say in the first half alone, Jalen Waddle had nine targets or something like that. So Jalen Waddle, the whole offense goes through him. Um, so I do think you got to put – I'm not against doubling him. I yeah. don't think the Titans particularly double people. Yeah, I, I never really They might that. have a safety, you know, shade that way. But other than that, I I don't know how much special attention we'll give him. I would like to think we would. I think I'd like to think we would, especially with Elijah Molden coming back. I could see Elijah Molden going on him, being a little mm-hmm. bit faster than you know a Jackrabbit Jenkins or something like that. But it'll be really interesting to see because our defense is very good, but our weak point is the pass game compared to the run game. And the Dolphins have a terrible run offense, a terrible run yeah. offense. So the Dolphins' strength is a little bit more of our weakness. So it'll and be it's really like interesting. The quick, it's the quick passes too. But Tua's, Tua is so streaky. He can, again, in that Saints game, he's playing very well, and then he throws a bomb over the middle and looks like ter- he looks terrible. Awful. Throw. Yeah, he throws it 10 yards over the guy going deep's head that doesn't even think it's going to him because he threw it so high over him. So I'm not a huge believer in Tua. I do think he's very athletic, and I, I'm rooting for him. I do like the Dolphins overall as an organization Good because they, they gotta, they've always kind of reminded me of the Titans. Yeah. Where we're both kind of have similar market size. They kind of have a similar been, type coach. Like Brian Flores, a defensive-minded guy from the Patriots, likable coach. Yeah, and yeah. we were just talking a little bit before we started this episode that Brian Flores is – we, he probably lost his most likable coach uh, status this year to Dan Campbell, but them two, Dan Campbell and Ryan Flores, are probably the two I'd most likable coaches in the NFL. Mike Vrabel would maybe be up there, except Vrabel can kind of like, I guess Vrabel. Other teams can maybe look at him and be like, I freaking Vrabel. I think is liked from football minds. Yeah, football minds really like Vrabel, but I think as like an average NFL fan, I'm sure people don't even particularly know who Vrabel is. Yeah, it's fan. That's fair. So, um, yeah, again, this Dolphins game will be very exciting, especially when I thought this game was going to be an automatic win just a few weeks ago. And then now they're in the playoff picture and they're going on a streak and they want to beat us. And they, we have a little bit of momentum. If we didn't have this momentum of that second half against the 49ers, I'd be terrified right now. Oh, absolutely. I'd be sitting here saying, we're not going to win. Give the Colts the division. If we, we might to, not even make the playoffs yeah, anymore. Yeah, if we were to lose to the 49ers, would you then think, like, maybe uh, this, we weren't going to make the playoffs? The roof would be coming down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and especially for how bad the offense looked in the first half. So, again, we'll see. Now this game becomes more exciting with how much life the Titans have. But we do have some other stuff to talk about. 
That is very important going into this Dolphins game. Don't give me that look. <laughs> I'm wondering where you're going with this. We have a lot of players on the COVID list. Yes, the COVID list. I actually wrote that down as you were talking because I, I remembered I, it is a problem. It is. COVID it, is a problem right now. Uh, we hope everyone that gets it or has it is currently okay. Um, I'm, I kind of think that uh, Omicron is is uh it, it's 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 encouraging that it doesn't sound as worse or as bad as like i guess regular the main alpha yeah the alpha <laughs> of covid um but yeah i hope everyone who has it or got it is okay um listeners or players like anyone um but yeah pet you have the list right now of everyone on it yeah so I know the CDC just announced that the quarantine time is only five days now with Omicron. It's technically, variant. it has to be for asymptomatic people. Asymptomatic. I Do you know if the NFL updated their guidelines They did well? yesterday. So, they just did yesterday. Which is huge because we could get all these players back. And I think that's five game. days from like the day that you test positive. So like if you were put on the COVID list yesterday, I think that means you would have tested positive. So that'd be a full day? The day before. Oh, okay. It just It's whenever you test it positive. Okay. It's five, five days from there. Yeah, so the list currently is Taylor Lewan, Nate Davis, Kendall Lamb, Julio Jones, Buster Screen, Bud Dupree, Nick Westbrook-Akina, Caleb Farley, doesn't matter, Jayon <laughs> Brown, Danico Autry, and Cody Hollister. And then Elijah Molden... And Saffold. Uh, Roger Saffold just got off of the list, yeah. which is good news. But they Great missed news the 49ers were, game for it. They were on, and Des Fitzpatrick was activated a few days ago, too. So they got it last week. Um, Lawan, or no. Lawan got it. Yeah. Kendall Lamb would be the one, I think, that's been on there the longest yeah. out of that list. Um, but he must have symptoms if he's not off of it. Or yeah. I guess we'll know here in the next day. No, I think he did. I think he he came out and said he did have symptoms um so lawan i think lawan's been asymptomatic yeah since i was in his box i I got the inside scoop he's asymptomatic i made that up i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah i was about to say i was like wait when (laughs) that game he hadn't gotten it yet so i was a little confused um but yes it's big news one if you're vaccinated there's a rule now like they changed it a few weeks ago where if you test negative 24 hours before the game you're you're good. And I think like Austin Eckler last week he had gotten it. He tested negative on like Friday or something, but then he tested positive on Saturday. Oh wow. So maybe that was a false negative or something. I don't know, but he he ended up testing positive again that Saturday before the game, so he was out. So I don't know I it's it's super interesting how um they're handling it. I'm glad that they've changed it. Um and change the guidelines to where good timing. These guys can play. They they maybe can uh, can get out there on Sunday. Which I mean, three of those guys you named were receivers: Julio Westbrook, Akina, and Cody Hollister. If you could have three of them back, which ones are you taking? Danico Autry, Bud Dupree, and ah, uh, Lawan. Yeah, I was I was about to say Lawan. I think I agree. With I would need to know for sure that his back is okay oh, yeah. and he'd be able to play. I would I would take that risk. Yeah. Um but I would want I would want Autry and Dupree, like for sure. 
I think yeah. number one on that list is Danico Autry. Not kidding. I I would I would have agreed with you prior to the 49ers game. Bud Dupree is a difference maker. He might not show up. He has been showing up on the stat sheets. He's now he had a sack. He and Autry coming back from IR. He's now had um, a sack each game. Yeah. And I was just reading an article a second ago, kind of interviewing him and his coach. It's like defensive lineman's coach, and basically they both kind of came out and said that him going on IR was kind of a blessing in disguise. And I just love Bud Dupree's attitude, where he's so honest, and he's just one of those guys that's like, look. At the beginning of the season, he was like, I'm, I realized I wasn't ready to play. I'm not myself. Goes on IR, and then he comes back, and he's like, I think I'm finally coming back. He's like, I'm starting to feel good. And it's showing up. I mean, he's now got two sacks, and I think he's only getting better and getting stronger. Dude, he's such a likable player. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, all the Steelers, the Steelers fans were all, like, devastated when he left the Steelers. They I, loved him. I really hope that he continues this play one but i also hope that <laughs> the titans recognize him as like a like a, a titan like a true titan you know what i mean like he becomes one of those players that even gets like a, a billboard or whatever at the stadium that's yeah. the kind of player he's I, one of the guys on the, the I think stadium he, from what i can picture. tell i think he is one of those guys that you know fans should be looking up to as like a human being and I would as a agree. player so unless something weird comes out about him that's so far <laughs> where i stand on him and i'm a big fan Love it. Um, I do want to bring up, I feel like we need to just a little bit, I think we're getting to the point where um, we maybe are starting to kind of wrap it up, but I do want to talk about how our offense matches up against their defense because their defense is their, is their strength. Yeah. Talking about the Dolphins. They have so, one of the best cornerback duo in the league with Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. Mm-hmm. So their corners are solid. They got a great safety in Javon Holland from Oregon, who's been playing really well this year. Um, they got, I think, Jerome Baker is their best. He's maybe their leading tackler, their best linebacker. I think he had an interception or a fumble recovery against the uh, the Saints. Um, and then freaking, I'm telling you all right now, for those listening, um, those, you know, hundred thousands of listeners we have, I think... <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> Christian Wilkins, I think it's he's number 94. He's, he's a D lineman. You're going to watch this game and get very annoyed with this guy. This guy, he does a good job. He just He's just like a goofball and just does a good job of, like, messing with the other team. Like, he, against the Saints, he's the one that pulled Alvin Kamara. Did you see Pettit him pull Alvin Kamara's towel? from his pants, and then Kamara kind of, like, shoved him, and he got a penalty. Did you see that? No. Well, that was Christian Wilkins. He's just he's just annoying. I just – I can't stand him. He's going to piss me off this game. I already know. And it's, it's just going to be frustrating to watch him try and get in our heads, mm-hmm. and I really hope that we don't play along with his little games. Um, he is a good D-lineman, though. So he's good. Um do you think this is another big A.J. Brown game? you think the run game gets back involved? Because run game really wasn't, wasn't involved against the 49ers. So, Yeah, I mean, I would really hope it's an A.J. Brown game. <laughs> I We were talking about it, and he needs, I think, 140 yards both games to average to uh-huh. break 1,000. And for the season he's had, to break 1,000 would 
be incredible. I mean, he's such a good wide receiver. It really would be incredible. And he's only gaining more confidence, I think, as the season keeps going on. Uh, again, even if it's not a throwing day, I think you'd still got to target him 10 times, right? Oh, At for least. sure. And if Julio's on COVID, it's more reason to go to AJ. But, I mean, we'll see. I, I think what's really interesting, I don't know if you know this. You probably do. You know all things Titans. But um, <laughs> this is Tannehill's first time playing the Dolphins since uh, coming to the Titans. Uh-huh. So this is a revenge game for him. And we, we on primetime Titans love revenge games. We love, love revenge games. And... I think Tannehill could show out a little bit. Oh. I I think he's – I'm hoping for it. I think he's going to play well. I would love that. I, I think sure this is going to be a fun game. I actually think for the first time in a long time that this is going to be a fun, high-scoring game. Wow. I do, okay. think, I do think the Dolphins are going to score a lot of points, but I think the Titans are also going to score a lot. Okay. I was going to ask – I didn't want to get sidetracked again, but for them scoring a lot of points, you think it's just going to be like – like a waddle game where he's he's getting them down the field. They're Maybe. scoring rushing yeah. touchdowns and all that kind of stuff. Because they've been they have been very popular or very known for like they get to the goal line and they do some crazy like off script type play or not off script but like a creative emotion. Uh, they they threw a touchdown to Christian Wilkins the other week um, against the Jets. So yeah, I think I, I I can see that. I definitely can see that it's kind of going to be somewhat high scoring, but also the both defenses are just so stout. Like they're, they're going to blitz a lot. Like be ready for that. Watching this game, they're going to blitz a lot and there are going to be times where Tannehill's got to notice that blitz, figure it out and find, there could be like a random, Hey, they're blitzing a lot. The slot receiver is wide open. Throw it to him from the start. Like, or maybe like Ferkser. Yeah. Instead of staying back to chip, he's he's letting the blitz go and literally just turns around two yards from the line of scrimmage and we dump it off to him. Like he, I think we would need to see something from our tight ends for those dump off plays. Yeah, maybe the running backs, you know, Dontrell Hilliard, get him involved. Who knows? So um, that's going to be key for sure. So also would like to see the screen game improve. It was really bad oh against the 49ers. Gosh, it was so bad. We, I, didn't we run a screen the first play of the game? It was like an eight-yard loss against the Niners. Yeah. And we I did remember it a seeing that, and, and I was, was like, great. This is, this is fun. This yeah. is going to be great. Yeah. Great. Just fantastic. Jeez. So, but it has been working all season, so it just didn't work against the 49ers. So. Yeah. Um, okay, so I know you, you never give a score prediction, but do you have a bold prediction for the game? Maybe your bold prediction was that it's going to be high scoring. And yeah, I don't know if that's fun. that bold. I think it's going to be high 20s from each team, okay. maybe even in the 30s. I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, I guess my bold prediction is I think I think Tannehill throws three touchdowns. Oh. I think okay. he might also throw a pick, but TBD. <laughs> we'll see. And he might get sacked a lot, but TBD. I yeah, think, I could see I, I could see a good bit of sacks. I do too, but uh, I think he's going to throw three, three touchdowns. Yeah. Well, I love that. Um, my bold prediction is that Ferkser scores a touchdown. Ferkser's one of those one of those three. That's my bold prediction. Um, That's not that bold. That's weak. That w- with the way that Ferkser's playing recently, that is definitely bold. Does he even have a touchdown on the year? Yeah, he had the uh, the fumble recovery in the end zone against oh. the Texans. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Other than that, does he have a touchdown this year? 
You don't even know. I'd say that's bold. <laughs> that is bold. That qualifies as bold. Okay. I would say. Okay. That's, I mean, the fact that's that not any bolder than me it. saying three touchdowns from Tannehill. <laughs> You're right. That's, mine wasn't that bold either. Well, my bold one for the 49ers game was that A.J. Brown would have over 100 yards and a touchdown. So, Ooh. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about. Sorry, we're rambling a little bit here. <laughs> I had the 49ers game. Yes, I actually I was about to bring that up. So uh, if you're new here, we did a snake draft. <laughs> if you're new here, welcome. <laughs> if you're new here, welcome. Um, we did a snake draft at the start of the year where we went um, you know, back and forth picking games that we thought the Titans were going to win on the schedule. We decided to take out the Texans games thinking that those were locks and we didn't need to pick those. Well, we should have done the Jags instead of the Texans. Anyways, um, so there's, there was just three of us. That's why we took two games out. There were 17, 17 minus two. Carry the one. 15, yep, just did it in my head. Um, <laughs> so we, we each picked five teams and five games that we thought we're gonna, we were going to win. Pettit, or Robert and I are already done, and we had – we both went three and two. Um, Pettit over here on his high horse. Yep. He is four and oh. Four and oh, baby. The 49ers game. The 49ers, us winning that game, we just, uh, Pettit just won the challenge. Yeah, I had the, the Jags. I had one of the Jags games, yeah, one of the Colts the, game, the, the Colts, Chiefs, yep. 49ers, and Dolphins. Yep. And when you, the Chiefs, I think, was like the last pick of the draft. That was the last pick of the draft, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if we win this game, you go five and zero, oh, and you picked all the wins correctly, which is something that I cannot say with my preseason uh, preseason schedule, which basically leads us into my score prediction of the game. Um, for okay, sorry, congratulations, Pettit. I didn't give you you. I didn't give you your Thank you. appropriate congratulations. We'll make a post on our social media about how yep. great I am. Go follow us on social media, Twitter Again, and Instagram. Again, if you're Instagram. new here, follow us on everything. Primetime Titans, <laughs> and Twitter and Instagram. In. Um, I predicted us to win at the start of the year this game. I predicted us to win this game. I'm going to stick with that as I have all year. Everything, you know, I have said whatever I picked at the beginning of the year, we would, you know, whatever I said then, I would stick with it. I said we were going to win that game, sticking with it. Titans win 24 to 20. I like it. I think I predicted 23-21 for the Niners game. So I'm, I'm right in the 20s range yeah. for, for low, all my predictions. 24-20, Titans beat the Dolphins. One uh, last thing we haven't talked about um, before we wrap this up is – we talked about the Pro Bowl a little bit, but a player that didn't make the Pro Bowl from the Titans, which we talked about very early on in the season, was Morgan Cox. He was second in voting, oh. and um, he lost to I think the Colts, the Colts long, snapper. long snapper. And the bet at the very beginning of the season was if he made the Pro Bowl, then I would buy a jersey. And unfortunately, I don't know, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know what you want. It depends on what you want here. I'm not buying a Morgan Cox jersey unless <laughs> unless Morgan Cox gives me one. <laughs> Which, that's, if you guys want to reach out to him somehow, let him know. I'm a big fan. That's our He's challenge to you, Morgan Cox. That, and we also really want to get Jim Wyatt on an episode after having David Lombardi from the 49ers on. Yeah, thank you to David Lombardi 
from the 49ers from the athletic. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Hate that you weren't able to be there, Pettit, but that was a blast. Um, would love to have Jim White on. If would, anybody knows him. Yeah. <laughs> we would love to have him on. Man, I, this, this I is don't our know. charge at the end of our episode. That's just, anyone else? We have. I, there's a lot of players I'd love to have on the episode. I mean, a lot of people just, in general. Taylor Lewan, sweet. Um, I have connections. Yeah, you're getting a, you're going to get a potentially a Morgan Cox jersey from himself. Yeah, getting Jim Wyatt on the podcast. We're making. I mean, big moves on this podcast, <laughs> and we're not afraid to start making bigger strides. Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, as per usual for our episodes, it wouldn't be a primetime Titans episode without a ramble at the end of the episode. <laughs> so. Big time game, huge game against the Dolphins. Buckle up, because we're about to go on a ride to the Super Bowl. Are we not? We're not losing again. What do you think? I love that idea. From the Niners on, I'm buckled in. <laughs> you better be buckled in. It's <laughs> maybe going to be a bumpy ride, but we're going to get there. Um, okay. Well, we appreciate y'all listening. That was a little bit of 49ers, a little bit of Dolphins, and, of course, all Titans. I'm JG. I'm Pettit, and have a prime time week. Thank y'all. And Happy New Year.